October 18th, we're coming off a massive night here for the Edgebury crew last night, and uh, yet somehow one of the members of today's show has not been able to afford his power bill. Uh, <laughs> as you see, Matt Albert over there on his phone for today's show. I do appreciate the effort to still make it out here uh, and show up for today's show, even without power in the apartment. Uh, but before we get into last night's games, Matt's missing Wi-Fi, Kirby Doc out for the year. We got to get into the BetStamp sponsorship as BetStamp is uh, one of the easiest ways to improve as a, a sports better because it helps you use multiple sports book and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp to do so. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. So make sure to download the app today. If you are looking to sign up for a new sports book account, Please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework. You can also click the link in the description. That is betstamp.app slash edgework. Any signups through there does help support the show. Boys, let's get into it. First and foremost, before we get into any hockey talk, um, Matt, what's going on? How did, like, no power this morning? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, the the best joke to make right now is that Dallas blew it and uh, Seattle kind of controlled the game and lost. So now I can't afford it. Um, but man, who knows at this point? It's been about <laughs> I don't know. I think like four hours. I got the Wi-Fi notification when I first woke up and was like, okay, I'll go make breakfast, forgetting that we have an electric stove. So obviously can't do that. I was like, oh, just yeah. use my laptop. Well, that the Wi-Fi's out. So here we are. <laughs> well, uh, Moretto, now we'll go to you here. Uh, some bad news for yourself as well. I mean, were you able to light a fire last night with your Kirby Doc Hart Trophy futures tickets after the news came out? He, he still might win it just out of respect. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's gonna finish. He's gonna finish the year with like a seventy percent expected goal share in one one you know four periods, um, two points mm. in one and a quarter games. Yeah, no, that's uh, that sucks. That sucks for Doc. Like, yeah, really, really shitty to have that happen to young player who was really kind of coming into his own um arguably the most important forward on the Habs like I don't know if that's like hot takey but I watch this team a lot um Suzuki is their most important forward has not had a great start to the year Doc was looking like he was really like gonna emerge into that potentially like becoming like you know maybe low end 1c high end 2c which is kind of I think where Suzuki sort of you know hits his peak i don't think he's like ever going to be an elite player but uh yeah it just sucks it just sucked i'm like really torn up about it i you know was looking forward yeah. to watching these uh watching these kids play and like to lose like one of the most exciting ones after a game it really sucks well were you not as confused as i was that the injury ended up being as significant as it was yeah I, it, 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 the like play nothing. itself didn't look yeah, yeah, it looked fairly innocent, and then he came back out and he did a lap around the ice, and like, yeah, and then you see MCL ACL done for the season. I was kind of shocked, like yeah. that that was the end result of that entire play. I guess really, I think this, uh, and again, like last night, the Habs, they looked. I, I I had hockey, so I only saw the first period for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. but like they look brutal and then i'm looking now today and you know five on five they controlled like a 54 percent share so like they've been good at five on five i still don't see how because i mean that first period they were awful obviously I didn't see the rest of the game but like yeah three power play goals against two short-handed goals against um and they scored both their goals at five on five so i don't know i mean they somehow like 
made it look better than it was, at least on paper. I think it was an ugly game, and I think that this is going to get kind of rough without uh, without Doc there. I think that it's going to – that's a huge loss. I think this team is, like, pretty destined to finish in the bottom five of the league now. Yeah, I'm fair enough. Well, I mean, could help them. Uh, and now Caden Gooley, by the way, too. Caden Gooley apparently has an upper body injury that he's being evaluated. He left the game in the second period last night, which would also be a really big loss because that pairing has been really nice to start the year, him and Kovacevic. Yeah. Well, how quickly does this turn into? Last year? Uh, yeah. Everyone got hurt last year, too. Yeah. I don't know. Why, why do we care? Why do we bother? Like, Why do I put any emotional investment into this team, into this league? I don't know why. Um, man. Just like we got the Rangers medical staff, uh, we got Matt's Matt's people hey. last year. We uh, this offseason <laughs> we brought all the Rangers medical staff over. I'm like the Rangers pretty much like didn't have a single injury for like two years. I'm like, oh, this is great. We're gonna finally like get through this this rough patch. And yeah, that's uh, obviously mm-hmm. not the case. It's starting even earlier this year than it did last year. At least last year we had like a month and a half of our full team before everyone went down. All right, well let's get the good into news is now you have a built-in excuse for the rest of the season. So. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) We'll get into last night's games, break down uh, down what happened, uh, get into uh, some of our picks from yesterday, and then whether or not we're going to be changing some of our uh, ratings on some of these teams that we had going into the season, kind of continuing off of yesterday's themes. But I see a bunch of people in the chat talking about some of the games from yesterday. So if you are here right now watching, uh, you do have comments or questions, please make sure to fire them away in the chat as well. If you're watching right now and you haven't subscribed to the channel, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can turn on notifications so you get notified every single time we go live. And final thing I'll ask, I mean, just throw a like. It takes two seconds, but you can smash that like button, uh, as Connor Hart is saying here. Uh, and I so I see Connor also saying, the LA Kings won. I ate tacos. Phenomenal Tuesday. Since that is at the top of the chat here, we'll start there. Kings Tuesdays has been a thing that started back uh, last season, kind of just continued on with the theme here last night. The LA Kings roll into Winnipeg, win that one 5-1. to one. Cash the under 6.5 for us there on the, bet, on the uh, best bet given out on the show. Moretto. Another total uh, taken down by yourself there. Another one knocked out. What it is going dicey on towards the totals? We were at like two nothing, and then all of a sudden it finishes five one. I'm like in the dressing room at hockey. I'm like, oh, four nothing, five nothing, five one. Two minutes left still. It's like, yeah. oh my god, if we lost that, that would have been awful. Yeah, I mean, what's going on with these totals right now with you? You're just seeing this really well you're dialed in on these and then on top of that uh what do you make of the la kings because we also had them on the money line beating the winnipeg jets last night that cashes as a plus 116 for us there if the la kings like figure things out here pulik dubois scores his first goal as a king what's going on yeah i mean so in terms of the totals i just want everyone to remember this heater when uh regression inevitably hits and you know don't you know don't come slander us in the comments we're on a nice little run right now it will turn at one point i'm sure you know you're not gonna i think that's like eight seven straight totals or something like that it's not gonna it'll be the day i start yeah i mean um (laughs) but yeah the kings the kings are way too good to be like what we saw from them the first couple games this is just i i mean i know neither of you guys are big fans of pierre-luc dubois i like what pierre-luc dubois can bring um Maybe that first goal really helped them settle in. They're too strong down the middle. Like, you can't have a team with Kopitar, Deneau, and Dubois as, like, one, two, three centers and, like, not have them find success. I think this team is way too good, and I think we saw that last night. And maybe a little bit more of what I expected from the Jets last night as well. Obviously, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not going to, like, sit here and say 
that, you know, break it down and this and that, but just based on what I'm looking at and, you know, the numbers, it looked like the Jets were thoroughly outplayed. Um, five on five, I'm seeing the Kings had a 71% expected bull share. So, yeah, like it seems like they were fully deserving of that 5-1 win and um, a little bit of regression for the Jets and it came a little bit soon for Matt's Jets over here. Yeah, I obviously am very high on the Jets, as low as can be on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, low, obviously, he's extremely talented. And I think, like, if there's a game he's going to get up for, obviously, he was looking ahead to this one, right? Like, that, that goal had to feel great for him. Um, I honestly did not watch the game myself either, but I imagine he was booed throughout. Um, so, obviously, for him to come into Winnipeg and get the win, like, I'm sure it meant a lot for him. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, high on the Jets, but no, last night they uh, – Sounds like they played terribly. I also want to be clear. I'm not a fan of Pierre-Luc Dubois because you you had a specific statement there where you said he can be an incredible player. Yeah, He can be, but he's not always. And I yeah. think that that's the thing that annoys me. And it's not necessarily because he has off games. It's because he just chooses to not show up. And those are the things that are frustrating to me where you're watching and it's like, well, dude, you could be this incredible player, but you just actively choose to not participate in the game that's the frustration with pierre luc dubois yeah yeah like opening night you watch them play against the abs and you see him like anytime they don't have the pocket he's just standing there looking like Ovi when his controller right. died like he just looked <laughs> yeah. disinterested at times and it's like you just got traded to la you're on monster contract first game at home against a really good team in colorado and it's like to not really get up to that game, it seems like like that was tough. But like I said, obviously, mm -hmm. I think part of him is definitely kind of looking forward to getting this Winnipeg game behind him. And yeah, I mean, he's way too talented not to have a big year. So I still think there's a chance he breaks out. Um, we'll just kind of have to see what happens. Yeah, fair enough. Well, another team that had a big night last night would be the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you start off 0-2, both losses to the Vancouver Canucks. Roll into Nashville there to take on the Predators. Uh, Matt, is this just kind of like a get right spot? Do you kind of do you evaluate this one from an Edmonton perspective? You dig into this one too much, or is this more of like, hey, they were going to have this happen because they needed to respond. They were being called out. McDavid and Drysaddle were kind of being starting to be put into the spotlight a little bit. So yeah, no duh that they come out and they they play this way against the Preds. Yeah, I mean, it helps when you're playing a team that's, what, 13th best in the West over there, Alex? Oh, my God. <laughs> it helps when um, you say Soros has a minus three goal saved above expected last night. <laughs> that also helps. Um, but, no, in all honesty, like, I think we all kind of talked about this at some point. Like, we knew this was going to happen at some point with Edmonton. I mean, there's just too much star power offensively for them to kind of keep going through that slump. Um I actually played Edmonton kind of when it got hit down on the news that Jack Campbell was coming in. Um, but yeah, no, I think there was, it was certainly going to happen eventually with the Oilers. Uh, this team's just too talented for this to happen. And yeah, not a great night for Soros, but uh, a great night for people that like to victory lap the Preds not being very good. My boy, Tommy Novak scored again, though. <laughs> well, Moretto, do you make any adjustments to the Predators after a game like last night? You kind of, take the tape, throw it away, uh, move on to the next one. Like, is there any adjustments on either sides of these teams where you're looking at saying, hey, I got, I got to change this going forward? Again, I mean, this is where sometimes I think not watching the games um, can also help because you're not swayed by, like, watching a 6-1 beatdown because I'm looking at the yeah. numbers and I'm seeing, you know, 50% expected goal share at 5-on-5, five five, evenly split. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, when a team gets down so much so early that, 
you know, you're going to probably naturally control a bit more of the play going forward when you're chasing the game. Um, so I, I take that with a grain of salt too, but like Saros minus three goal saved above expected. Um, obviously just an off night for him. If you want to adjust your opinions of Saros based on that, then like, I think that's where you can start like talking about maybe adjusting on the predators, but on the team overall, I think when, you know, you have a, a Vesna caliber goalie that allows four goals on 11 shots in the first period, you're just chalking that up to, an off night for him and you're not going to really make any adjustments at least in my opinion yeah I agree. matt i gotta ask you about this uh i saw you tweet about it last night we talked about it a little bit this morning here but just to further get into it the seattle kraken power play is god awful uh it's tough to watch it's tough from a results base uh standpoint as well here now you got to think like if that power play has even just the slightest pulse they're going to start to create some more offense and just give themselves even more of a chance to win and be in these games. And even last night, that game against Colorado, I mean, they walk away losing that one 4-1. Uh, and yet it didn't really feel like this was a 4-1 loss to the Colorado Avalanche last night. What's going on with the Kraken? And is there any way that you could kind of look at this and be like, hey, a fixed power play, fixing this, changing anything here might give you a little bit more confidence in them going forward. Is that is that power play actually like a, a dread for you looking at this team and evaluating their games going forward? Yeah, I think coming into the year with the Kraken, like the one thing that a lot of people kind of pointed to was their even strength shooting percentage from last year and how they kind of led the league with that. And that was due for some regression, right? And I think part of why I was high on them coming into this year is they were also due for some positive regression in other areas. I know they had some uh, some low save percentages in different situations. Like I know their power play shooting percentage wasn't overly high last year. So it did feel like some of that maybe balanced out. Um, the power play just looks dreadful. I mean, even like if you watch the game and watch them on a power play, like this is what I was telling you before we got on the show, like I think 30 of 32 teams in the NHL have some version of one-timers in their power play. The Kraken have a lefty on the left side and a righty on the right side. And they're kind of sending the puck over and you just have no options at that point. Like teams know how to defend that too easily. So like it doesn't even kind of have the feel that they're going to score. That said, it's hard to keep it up for this long at being this bad. I don't know the exact numbers at this point. Obviously I'm Amish currently, but I think they're like one of 13 or something on the power play at this point. That said, you can kind of look at a glass half full, right? Like they played against a really good team in Colorado frankly controlled the game at five on five like yeah can pretty comfortably say that they did not get the result that was deserved last night like obviously and not only did the power play not score like they allowed the shorthanded goal that ended up being the game winner so like yeah. even if this power play can get back to being like somewhat okay i think that they'll be fine and if you look at it right like they didn't really lose a whole lot from either power play like brian donato i guess um from last year like but all the guys are still back from last year so i think the power play is definitely due to be a little bit better but yeah it's definitely been a discouraging start yeah i mean it, it was tough like watching that game last night watching seattle dominate for what felt like most of that second period there they get a power play and you're kind of thinking all right here's your shot to take the lead turn this thing around turn it in your favor and it's like colorado chance colorado shorthanded goal Colorado chance, Colorado chance. And you're like, okay, well, we've just been watching Seattle with another extra man on the ice. They could barely get in the zone. Once they did, they struggled to hold the zone. So uh, it was tough from that standpoint, watching that Seattle game last night. But 
uh, I mean, ultimately, we'll see if they can make any adjustments on that power play, and maybe it'll start to help them out, turn things around there. Now, final team that I kind of wanted to look at here uh, from takeaways from last night, Moretto, you and I were both higher on Tampa coming into this season than I think majority of people were. Not Mind you, watching the team, i not necessarily going to downgrade them myself as a team, um, but goaltending is not great there. And mm-hmm. now you're sitting here one, two, and one to start the season. You're averaging 4.25 goals against per game uh, as a team. It, it's kind of tough because it feels like anytime there's any chance going back the other way, it's finding a way into the back of their net. Is there any adjustments that you're making to Tampa? Do you think maybe we came into this one uh, with the wrong idea of what they were or what they could be this season? Or are you just kind of holding out until they can get some better goaltending here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not adjusting anything yet. This is kind of like Johansson, just based on this, you know, the surface stats and like goal saved above expected. He had a great game against Nashville, saved two goals above expected, and then minus 0.3, minus 0.6 in the next two. Um, not like awful. But, like, obviously not great. But, like, this team is too good to not be able to overcome something like that. If he's, like, you know, minus one, minus one and a half goal saved above expected every night, I don't think it's going to be like that. So I'm not really adjusting yet. But it's possible that I'm just, like, a bit stubborn on Tampa, too. And that'll be something that comes back to kind of bite me. But for now, I still think this is a very good Tampa team, a veteran Tampa team that, like, can, you know, with a a well-coached one, too, that I think can push through this no problem. Um they kind of put the lines in a blender a little bit. And I think offensively we saw a lot more from them last night than we have through the first couple of games where first couple of games they were relying on like the power play or just capitalizing on like their few chances and just like an elite shooting percentage. Whereas last night they were actually able to generate more, especially at five on five. So I think that, I think that they'll be fine going forward. I'm not like adjusting too much yet, but obviously something where like, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more timid to pull the trigger on them. Um, But they're going home now for like a long homestand and hopefully, I mean, a game against Vancouver next uh, is perhaps a great recipe to get that offense back on track. If it's uh, anything like we saw last night from the Canucks against the Flyers where they just got absolutely curb stomped at five on five. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Matt, anything for you uh, on Tampa where they're at with the goaltending situation as well right now? Yeah, goaltending, again, you kind of touched on it with Johansson. Like he had a great first game next to not great, but like he's not the reason they lost last night. Frankly, like he made some really good saves down the stretch to even like give them a chance to get that game into overtime. Um, we talked about it on a previous show, but I think Tampa may be getting to the point here where they start to become a little undervalued. Um, I think people are now kind of seeing like they lost to Detroit, they lost to Ottawa, they lost to Buffalo. Like none of those three teams are seemingly great. So I think that we may start to see prices on Tampa come down a little bit. Um, Certainly curious to see kind of what happens over the next week or so, but I think there could definitely be some buy low spots on Tampa. Cause like you said, I mean, this team is just too talented. Like they've won with subpar backup goaltending in the fa- in the past. Like there's no reason to expect that they won't still be able to do it. And like, this is still a better team. Like it, it'll turn at some point, but yeah, I'm definitely curious to see how the market reacts to uh, them losing a few straight games here. Like, are they going to be dogs on Saturday at home to Toronto? Yes. They might, I think. I mean, I think you'll find I, I plus so. money. Yeah. I think so, yes. But Austin Matthews is going to score like seven goals, so then it won't really it, matter. It's fair. It is Jonas Johansson, you know, so. <laughs> Austin Matthews versus Matthews. Jonas Johansson is just like not fair. 
it's like but watching our, well, <laughs> but Matthews versus yeah, Sutter Blonde is uh, <laughs> that's where he that's where we draw the line. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's <laughs> that's where it blurs there. Yeah. Also, I just uh, I love another little side note from last night. Props to Everly for for dropping the gloves early in the game. He's a, like a veteran yeah. guy who doesn't have to do that. Um, I think he's garnered enough respect in this league to where like obviously you should be doing that situation and answering the bell, but like he's not a guy who has to. Um, yeah. So props to him for giving O'Connor that fight. I thought that was uh, that was pretty high class of him. Do we even um, talk about the stars, or do we just let that one go? <laughs> no. <laughs> I well, uh, might as well get into it now. I mean, another shootout loss. I don't think we're ever going to win a shootout on this show, or just in general. Like, and how many times can Vegas cost me money this year? Last year, we're going to find out. We're racking up quite a bill. If it wasn't for Vegas, I, I man, don't, our I, ROI would probably be like fifteen percent on the show. I don't want to know how much money we as a show viewers etc have lost on the dallas stars against the vegas golden knights in the last like seven months <laughs> yeah yeah like I, I don't even want to start to think about the figure um aiden hill still yet to make a save in that shootout last night like score a goal and hit two crossbars like i don't think i've ever seen a team hit two crossbars in a three-round shootout like just yeah. in a game that probably never should have gotten to overtime that was tied late on like a deflection halfway to the net the point like if you really want to be sick, I don't know if we do, but Aiden Hill has now saved 5.4 goals above expected this season. That's like, <laughs> I mean, he's second in the league after Arvin Soderblom. And Matt, 49 million. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I don't know when he became the best goalie in the league or how, but like. Second best after Soderblom, who was number one with six point right. something goals saved above expected. Not even like, not even Zach. That wasn't even like a, that's legitimately, he's number one in the NHL right now. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. Uh, So money, not happy. Mackenzie Blackwood was going to be on that pace until the third period last night. (laughs) That regression came quick. I haven't looked at this list too closely lately, but um, another side note, it's nice to see Markstrom at number four because maybe that's like a sign of, him actually having a nice bounce back season and if the flames can yeah. figure out in front of them last year was they couldn't figure yeah. out the goaltending now this year it seems like the team can't figure it out and it's now they got the goaltending so i don't know if the team can play like they did last season and they can get the goaltending from marshall then the ceiling is pretty high for this team i think yeah no and i think we kind of all expected that regression back to markstrom being like a good goalie again like last year just kind of yeah. seemingly came out of nowhere so i think that's kind of all something that we're expecting it also seems like it's being rather priced in with these prices on the flames like i don't think personally i've been on the flames yet this year um yeah. but no they definitely have potentially be a very good team yeah and i mean as far as the markstrom thing one of the things that was driving me nuts online in the summer was people talking about how like we saw it with people coming it was toronto based for myself seeing the conversation because there's people talking about tree living coming here being like he ruined the calgary flames and it was like all right let's take a step back like he they're talking about markstrom saying oh he paid markstrom all this money and he's he turned into a pumpkin on like he had one season where if he was like slightly better they probably make the playoffs like slightly better and then even all the other stuff that went on with those players there with the drop-offs and everything like that it's just like 
you get that little bit of improvement from Markstrom this season, and they're that much better. And I don't think that that's who he is as a goaltender. I expect that to kind of just come back. Now, uh, Connor Hartle here bringing up to uh, does Tam- doesn't Tampa have Peter down in the minors? We're talking about Kachetkov. No, he is playing on Tampa's AHL team with Syracuse, but that is a whole other disgusting situation going on yeah. between Carolina and their minor leagues uh, and their minor league system right now uh, where uh, Kachetkov has now is now playing for Syracuse and they're just kind of sharing so because yeah Carolina doesn't have an AHL affiliate right now correct so he's technically in Tampa's AHL team yes but he's not Tampa's he's with Carolina so that's why he's there so uh, I'm sure that they would love to bring him up, but uh, <laughs> that is not possible as he is not part of Tampa. But let's get to tonight's games. We do have two on the schedule. We'll break those down. If anybody has questions in the chat, again, please feel free to send them. We'll try to answer them as we go throughout here. Um, in terms of bets, if we don't have any, we're not going to force them here on the show. You get quality picks over quantity of picks here. Uh, that was what Although last night we had have. both. <laughs> Well, yes, last night, sometimes you're going to get a mix. You're going to get quality uh, of quantity of picks. And, but that's what leads us to have tw- up, be up 24.2 units, 2.5% ROI for a full season and now through the first week and a bit of, uh, of this season here. So that's a positive sign. We'll keep rolling with that. But just a pre-warning that there might not be that many picks, especially when there's only two games a night. So first of all, we'll start with the Washington Capitals going into Ottawa to take on the Senators here tonight. Currently looking at this one, a total of six and a half. You got Ottawa, big favorites, minus 164, best price available against the Capitals here tonight. Matt, is this a line that's just too far out for you to play? Would you have any interest either side? What's the number that you might be looking for to get involved in here? Yeah, I don't really have much interest in either side here. Um, I think, if anything, I'd maybe be looking at Ottawa here. I think the prices at this point are pretty much gone. I believe the market's been bet up um, from what it was kind of open yesterday. If I'm correct, it opened around minus 135 or so. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing here. I mean, obviously, I think I'm a little higher on the capitals than the market seems to be, but I I just don't like them in this spot. Um, I was obviously on them against Pittsburgh. And then an hour before the game, you hear that Darcy Kemper is going to miss it because he's having a baby. Congratulations to him. Um, had a number go against me for a lot of ways. I can say that's the first time I've ever had a number go against me because of the paternity list. So <laughs> good start there. And then obviously they got thoroughly dominated for much of that game by the Penguins. Um, but yeah, I, I have no lean on this game at all. Anything for you here, Moretto? Um, I, I like. I want to play the Sens, but I'm just not like quite there. I wish we could get a slightly better number. Um, this obviously was bet up a little bit on the news that Josh Norris will play tonight. He'll make a season debut, so that's uh, that's big for Ottawa, obviously, to have mm-hmm. him back in the lineup. Um, now, if only they could figure out a way to get uh, Shane Pinto in there as well, which doesn't seem to be possible right now for them, which is too bad because I think that board group is pretty solid when you have both those guys in but um yeah i just i have nothing in this game as matt's internet goes again and his power is just completely <laughs> um nothing for me nothing for me here uh that's basically uh, no total no side no anything i just yeah can't get to anything in this one 
All right. Well, I'm going to need some winners or I'm not going to be able to afford my phone <laughs> bill pretty soon. <laughs> I know. All right. Final game of the night God. here. Uh, the second of the two. Pittsburgh going into Detroit to take on the Red Wings tonight. Um, Detroit coming into this one. Current best price plus 112. We're seeing a total of six and a half here again. Matt, I'll go to you first because I know that there was a point in which you had interest. I know, don't think that number is still there for you at uh, right now, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what number you were looking for in this game and uh, why you're no longer interested in playing it. Yeah, uh, last night I saw a plus 119 on Detroit. And Detroit's a team that I'm very, it's very high on coming into the year. I bet them at least once, if not twice, already this season. Um, obviously, kind of their play so far has made me feel a little bit better about myself on that one. Um, but yeah, obviously, the numbers kind of bet down a little bit. I think if it gets back up into that plus 115, plus 120 range, um, can certainly get, get on there. Obviously, at this point, I'm Amish, so I can't even get goaltending confirmation, but I have to imagine it's uh, Huso in there for the Red Wings tonight after James Reimer posted a shutout to ruin my over the other night. Um, but yeah, no, at this current price, uh, I'm not overly interested, but if Pittsburgh were to get that, I'd probably play Detroit small at, uh, at plus 115. Huso has been so confirmed be- as a starter tonight, by the way. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Man, I miss electricity. <laughs> uh, okay, so looking for uh, buy points of plus 115, plus 112, best available right now. Uh, you're seeing this down as low as plus 104 across 104, 105 across different books. So obviously, again, make sure you line shop. Use BetStamp to do so. BetStamp.app slash Edgework or click the link in the description. Um, Moretto, any chance you got a total for us here tonight? Is this one just not in within range anymore? Uh, what are your thoughts on six and a half right now? Yeah, I was like leaning towards the under, but um, I don't know. The over keeps taking money, so maybe at one point we'll get like a, a seven at like minus one fifteen, minus one twenty, which I'd probably play at that point. But I think that I think like I just maybe haven't adjusted enough for these two teams because offensively they've generated a ton and defensively they've allowed a ton so far. Um, at five on five, they've been kind of bleeding chances, bleeding goals, and creating a ton of chances, creating a ton of uh, scoring opportunities. So I can see why the over is taking money, um, whether it's actually just reactionary to a small sample size or whether it's like warranted based on, you know, this is how these teams are going to be this year. Obviously, the Red Wings, we talked about the back end kind of being a little bit shaky despite having a lot of NHL bets, um, very deep forward group. I'm not a huge buyer in the Penguins up front, but clearly like they've, I mean, they've been since that first game, they've looked pretty good offensively. So, you know, maybe that's like the Carlson effect and, you know, the amount of offense they can generate from the back end, too. So I guess I think maybe I'm just a little bit slow to react to these teams. So I'm not going to kind of jump in now. But like if this keeps getting bet towards the over and we get like a seven, you know, minus 115, minus 120 ish on the under, then I think I could I would probably have to play it at that point. All right. There you go. No best bets for us today. Uh, Sorry about that. But again, we're not going to force them. So uh, that is what it is. And we'll be back tomorrow with a full slate of games. Myself, Somani, and uh, Rusty Bill will be back on here to break break down tomorrow's massive slate. So make sure you're subscribed here to the Edgeware channel. Turn on notifications so that you get notified as soon as we go live tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss that show as we'll probably have a bunch of best bets that will come out then. So money still 
100% on the season. Uh, there was no best bets for him the other day, and with his ghost pick last week, he's coming in 1-0. and He's a perfect record for him this year, so look to continue that on tomorrow's show. But, Matt, thank you for fighting through this. No laptop, <laughs> no power, no nothing. Just figured it out, got on your phone, came on here to talk with us this morning, so appreciate you doing that. Moreto, as always, appreciate you taking the time to do this. For everyone in the chat, thank you very much for hopping in here today before you leave here. Make sure to hit that like button if you did enjoy the show. And uh, for everyone, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time for more picks and previews. Good luck on your bets tonight. Let's have a day.